0: This is Writers Not Writing, the show where you can get to know your favorite writers and soon-to-be favorite writers by listening to them confess to the ways they procrastinate. Thanks for procrastinating with us. I'm Benjamin Gorman, and the quiet guy behind the glass there is Doug the producer. I write novels and collections of poetry and stuff. Doug tries his best to make me sound better. And each week we have a secret word to listen for. If you catch it, you earn the right to take an extra break at the time of your choosing from whatever is stressing you out. From Not-A-Pipe Publishing... Welcome to Writers Not Writing.
1: Today's secret word is gargle.
0: Today's show is brought to us by the book River's New Friend by author Michael Roth. It's a fun and relatable children's picture book about a dog named River learning to appreciate her challenging new sibling, Willow. More about that at the ad break in the middle of the show. Today's guest is Jesse Kwok. Jessie has always lived in imaginary lands from Arrakis to Angmork Park to Earthsea, Tatooine, and now Portland, Oregon. When she's not writing, she can be found sewing, mountain biking, or out exploring new worlds both at home and abroad. She's the author of a supernatural thriller, two series of space pirate and space mafia sci-fi crime novels, and a series of creative pro- productivity guides, including From Chaos to Creativity. Jesse, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Oh, and your costume is amazing. So as regular listeners and viewers know, we always dress up in costume for the recording of the show. Folks who are on YouTube can see us right now, but we have to describe our costumes for the folks who are listening to the podcast. So tell everybody what you chose to wear.
1: Uh, well, I am paying homage to the Arctic Explorers today with a full-on like you know parka and the fuzzy face you know the sea line fur, all that good stuff Oh just yeah. totally wrapped up here it did actually literally snow here in portland yesterday so
0: but you you, <laughs> you look like you weren't even warm in that like that's a yeah. lot of fur that's yeah that's very cool well I, I i wanted to you know match to some extent my son and i have been playing diablo 4 they have a a, a limited beta so you have to like wait and get in and and one of the character types is a barbarian. And so I was like, yes, I can match, I can do. So I've got this fur lined collar and these giant horns out from the side of this helmet. And then this chain mail, but the chainmail is like belly shirt chain mail, which is an interesting uh, choice in the game uh, fashion wise. But, uh, you know, show off that I am also hairy as well. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm going full on barbarian today. We have a barbarian and a polar explorer for, for the folks who are listening. <laughs>
1: I think it's important to have that cropped chainmail to show off that your abs are strong enough to protect your organs. So you don't have well, to and worry about when you're
0: about carrying them. these axes, these giant axes and mauls, you know, it's just naturally getting the ab workout that you you, know, you need, mm-hmm. just hefting them about. So yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, whereas <laughs> the controller, not that heavy. Like, really, it's not. I'm not getting any real exercise playing the game. No, and I were... We did have a lot of fun playing it. it. It, it is... I'm, I'm excited for the full version to come out in a couple of weeks that's we it's it will be a lot of father son bonding well like raising skeletons to fight for us uh you yeah, know that's that that's the plan
1: awesome.
0: <laughs> so speaking of which what have you been keeping yourself busy with procrastinating from your writing uh when you're not traveling the world
1: i have been um very distracted by horizon forbidden west lately so i'm not i've never been much of a video game player i was huge into starcraft like back in college yes and that <laughs> that was a a lot of papers got written at the very last minute because i stayed up way too late playing starcraft um but my husband got a playstation a couple of years back and he was like we can play games together and i was like i don't know about that like it's not really my my thing but um, we ended up playing through Witcher together, and I was just like, man, I am so involved in this story, and yeah. it's really fascinating. Like, the storytelling in video games is amazing.
0: And the, um, the distance it has come from StarCraft to yeah. now, like, it <laughs> leaps and bounds, you know, here's this really bare-bones story, just to justify the play, and now the story yeah. is central. You know, Witcher is... a you know really involved world i have not so horizon forbidden west is the sequel to horizon forbidden dawn right
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and and,
0: uh, i always am interested what's what is the kind of premise and and the story for that one because i've not played that one yet
1: yeah um so you're essentially playing it's this post-apocalyptic world but like you know hundreds of thousands of years in the future like a really long time in the future where the earth is kind of reseeded itself after the collapse of humanity so you're exploring this world that is you know, all these ancient ruins, ancient ruins that we would recognize that right. are, you know, kind of fine covered. And though the race of humans at that point is um a little more more primitive. There is some technology that they've like gleaned from the old world, but you know, you're hunting with like a bow and arrow or like a spear, but with some cool technology upgrades. But the there's these dinosaurs, dinosaur-like creatures that are basically robots that you're not really sure where that you start to learn where where they're coming from but they're you're basically like hunting robot dinosaurs with a spear and a bow and arrow and the story is great it's a really fun story and it just kind of unfolds in all this these little pieces but you play this badass chick with a bow and arrow hunting yeah, robot dinosaurs. which is i love it
0: <laughs> awesome you know and also reading it out uh, reading it so you know i fall into that but as a as a sci-fi author you must just be going this is a, you know a, a beautifully constructed complete universe you know
1: oh yeah and it's visually gorgeous like it's just it's a stunning game it's yeah. uh, that's kind of what i need i need a good story and i need something beautiful
0: yeah yeah well and uh diablo 4 uh is 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 not beautiful although the cinematics now what they can do i mean you're watching these movies in the midst of this really grotesque uh <laughs> game but it's it's a it's a great fantasy world that they have created there uh mm-hmm. it's a little bit rote in terms of you know the character classes and the the individual character struggles within that are you know what you would expect <laughs> they're not yeah. uh breaking new narrative ground particularly uh, in that one but the gameplay is sure fun like, it's it's a kick yeah so what about in the news what has been pulling you away from your writing and has been distracting you
1: Oh, man. I uh, I have definitely scaled back on news consumption over the last few years um, after I think all of us probably went through a period of not getting anything done because of news.
0: Yeah, the horror.
1: Um, but the thing that's been making it through my news shield lately is all of the stuff about the AI. <laughs> yeah, That's like very hard I mean as a creator it's very hard not to be like oh my god what's happening what's happening right. I have to... am,
0: am I becoming obsolete in my own lifetime like yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and
1: I love you know some people are very optimistic about like here's how we can use this tool as creators and I I love that perspective and I'm trying to read more of that as opposed to terrifying myself yes um, but yes. yeah
0: well I, I was Evan um oh uh Evan Williams was one of my guests and he had uh great kind of take on this that when the the pop you know movement becomes more and more ai people may have a thirst for real human writing and the Mm -hmm. way that we will prove that it is human writing is going to be kind of underground and uh you know so maybe people will be more inclined to go to for example a poetry reading which chat gpt cannot do live Mm -hmm. readings of human created work that are maybe handwritten so that it is clearly off the grid uh and i think that's a kind of an interesting sci-fi future of people desperate and desirous of he, actual human made art and and proving that it's human art so yeah absolutely so we, we we shall see but that that yeah i i have been paying a lot of attention to. but i haven't have you been playing around with chat gpt i haven't played with it at all
1: um i played around with a version an, an older version that yeah. actually a friend of mine was was testing um kind of a tool that she was hoping to to launch and I that didn't end up going anywhere but I did I was kind of helping her and I was using it didn't work all that well for fiction but it was scarily useful for my day job writing which is freelance writing um, right. well I guess more and more right now as as a freelance writer I am moving into okay what can I do that the robots can't do right because the robots like even a couple years ago when I was playing around with that I was like wow. Like, nobody needs to pay to write an SEO keyword stuffed article anymore because this tool can already do it. Yeah. You know, as that I was testing, I was like, so now I'm most of what my freelance day job is ghostwriting business books for like coaches and consultants. And so far, AI can't do that for you yet. So,
0: no. And and in fact, I wonder if we will get to the point where that will be kind of a, you know, if people will, there'll be a stigma where people Mm -hmm. will say, this, this, you know, business person's book that they want to put out feels like it was written by chat GPT. I don't, you yeah. know, that, that's, you know, when somebody needs to hire Jesse to actually write this book uh, because, yeah. you know, otherwise it looks bad if that comes out. My, my hope is that we, the the technological solution to, you know, something like chat GPT will be chat GPT, like that we will have an algorithm that can I clearly identify what has been created by a computer. And yeah. So if you choose to click on the clickbait article, fine but it will clearly identify this has been written by a computer you know Um, yeah i think that would be you know the the danger of it is the deception you know yeah
1: and i wonder if there's even you know like right now where gmo foods need to be labeled that you know the those sorts of movements i wonder if we will start to see that like okay this image you can't post it Legally, without saying this, you yeah, know, a watermark. You know, it's fine it
0: to post this image. Great, no problem. But identify to people this has clearly been, yeah, created by a computer.
1: Um, yeah. It'll be fascinating to see yeah. how the laws trail far behind. And with the technology yes, situation.
0: always trails significantly far behind. Yeah, yeah, the you know the the senators who still think the internet is a series of plumbing. <laughs> you know, yeah. not generally on the cutting edge of these things. Yeah. So, what has been a hobby that's been keeping you away from your writing lately?
1: Yeah, um, sewing is generally the hobby that tends to take <laughs> to take the writing away, and partly because this, and which I can, everybody office. can
0: see with the, I mean, that did you did you put all that together? The um, yes, yeah. yep, that's a lot of yep. sewing. <laughs> I tend to like hop on Amazon and just purchase mine. I do not have that skill set, but uh yeah. So, what all have you been doing in terms of those kinds of projects?
1: Um. So right now, I'm actually I've got laid out. So my office is also my sewing room. So some there, you know, when I'm sitting here writing and I can't think of anything, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just walk over here. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um. But so right now, I have laid out um a. I'm trying to make a, a handlebar bag for a bicycle that would also double as kind of a cute purse yeah um transformer so, yeah yeah something that can you know securely sit on the handlebars of the bicycle but then you take it off throw a, a shoulder strap on like it and shoulder, you, got something yeah. you can walk around yeah and, and, so and like the... uh,
0: like uh sewing you know like crochet or like sewing together you know pieces of fabric that are already you know you're cutting out and sewing together and
1: yeah, so sewing together pieces of fabric. So this right now I've got like a, a nice uh kind of dark gray canvas. And then also uh I'll just show it to you. I've got it right yeah, here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you're willing to show it off, yeah.
1: Yeah, this cool like oil cloth. Oh, cool. So it's that sort of shiny vinyl. It's um you see it at like, you know, on Mexican restaurant tables, that that bright colored stuff, but this is like for People who did not just see in the video, um, it's black with kind of a lace, a white lace pattern over it.
0: Will so. a standard sewing machine puncture that? Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to see how that all comes together. Uh, yeah, me too. You'll have to bring it. So you are on the panel for our show in uh, at NorWestCon. So uh, yeah, you'll have to you know bring your bag and show it off to-, to Yeah. No, well, no pressure. Good. It's good to have you a deadline. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, so what all, uh, you know, other kinds of sewing, what got you into sewing? Is this something you've been doing for years and years or?
1: Yeah, my mom actually, I mean, she would sew clothes for us kids when we were growing up. Um, And every summer she would insist on us doing a sewing project. And so we'd go to the fabric store, we'd pick out a pattern of a dress or skirt or something, and then um, pick out the fabric and then we'd sew that project and so I just I really enjoyed that. I, I love the flexibility of being able to create something that nobody else has or that, you know, I'll go shopping for a coat and be like, I just don't see anything that I want. Yeah. And knowing that I I have the skill to be able to create that is pretty awesome. Yeah. That's so really when I went to college, awesome. I ended up buying a, a sewing machine from a friend and just kind of kept it up and so I'm my mom taught me and then everything else has been really self-taught.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. And when you are sewing, is that are are you do you have to hyper focus or is that an opportunity to think about other things? Cause it's one part of your brain. You know, do you listen to audio books yeah. or podcasts while you do it, or you do you need more focus than that? How does that play out in your in your writing life?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. Um I do there are some parts that I need to focus, especially if I'm drafting something or um, it's a very, I, I think it's a really great complementary hobby to writing because writing, you're kind of in this creating imaginative world and sewing is really more technical. And mm-hmm. so even though it's very creative, you're still like, okay, so if I want this purse to be 18 inches wide and I have a half inch seam on either side, and then I'm going to cut this, and I'm going to put this pocket here, or, you know, I, I made this pair of pants and they don't quite fit. And why is that? So there are those sorts of things that are really like engineering puzzles in a way. Yes. Um, and so that requires a lot of hyper-focus. But then there's a lot of just like putting, you know, sewing things right, through right. the sewing machine and serging yeah. stuff.
0: I, I find and that so I listen to a lot that, of podcasts. You know, artistic endeavors that don't involve words are really mm-hmm. good for me because, you know, if, if, it's, if it's the layout, of, you know, if I'm creating the interior file for a book, I can't help but get attracted to the, the language and so I can't be listening to a podcast or listening to podcasts are more exceptional but like I can't listen to an audiobook and focus well enough. Um, I, I certainly can't be thinking about the phrasing of some of my own work when I'm looking at that but things like mm-hmm. gardening or even paintings I found sculpting this last summer because they are that technical and, and mechanical but not language based in the same way and so then I could daydream about what is my character doing in this scene? And how how am I gonna try and describe that setting? Because it, it didn't have that same demand of the same part of my brain.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I think gardening is a, a great example of that because I often if I'm if I'm sewing, like I'll I'll have a podcast on, I'll be listening to something that maybe is informing my writing. But um normally if I'm outside, like I kind of just want to be outside. And so then I'm letting my mind wander as I'm, you know, pulling weeds or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, or the you know, even things like the, the viewers can see your plants behind you. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. the watering of the plants is this rote thing that must be done to keep them happy and alive. Yep. And while doing it, I find it really calming and like okay, well, I'm doing this, I can be you know, my, my I've got a little bonsai garden downstairs, and I love mm-hmm. you know, just that that minute work of taking care of the bonsai is has been good for me to go. This is the biggest benefit of bonsai, I love bonsai and can go on and on about this thing that's so dumb but but i love it because it won't be finished in my lifetime and so you don't have that feeling of i've got to get this project done so i can move on to the next one the project is not done i'm going Mm to will these things to my son who will immediately throw them away because he doesn't want to be burdened with this this project and that's fine like that's this was this thing that helped me go not everything gets finished (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. And that's that's good. Uh, so yeah, the the plants are autonomous beings, and I'm just doing my best to keep them alive. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, so, I, I I am excited to hear about. We should take a a, a brief commercial break here, uh, and uh, and when we come back, I want to hear about what you've been daydreaming about.
1: When River the dog meets her new little sister Willow, she expects they'll be best friends. But Willow steals food, slobbers on toys, makes messes all over the house, and takes away from River's time with mom and dad. Willow isn't a friend, she's a monster. River decides to look for a new friend instead. River's New Friend is a fun and relatable children's picture book about learning to appreciate a new sibling. It's available for pre-order now through April 15th. Visit rothrights.com more information.
0: A little bit more news about the show. We will be at NorwestCon in Seattle, April 6th to 9th, to do a live recording of an episode that will air later. So like Schrodinger's Cats version of a live show, live and not live. I'm excited to announce the guests. Check out this lineup. Miko Azul, Jesse Kwok, Heather S. Ransom, Luke Elliott, and Casey Dunn and hopefully you. If you'll be in the Seattle area, April 6th to 9th, go to the link in the show notes and register for NorWestCon, and then come be live and not live with the rest of us. I promise there will not be a decaying radioactive isotope in the room. So bring some fun questions for these amazing panelists. We will see you there. Welcome back, Jesse. So what uh, have you been daydreaming about lately that has been pulling you away from your work?
1: Oh, uh, so a couple weeks ago, my husband and I went to Mexico City, and it was uh, a birthday bucket list trip. You know, so it was like, just it was incredible. I've had so much fun. So cool. Um, But we were walking around near El Centro. There's like a a bunch of little kind of market streets, and you can get just really get lost in the stalls of people selling everything from like, you know, underwear to power tools, and um, we ended up there's a whole section that was just fabric and fabric stores and just rolls of fabric and everybody had different kinds of fabric. And I mean, Portland is a very creative city, but we have like two very small fabric stores. We used to have this wonderful place called Fabric Depot, which closed when the owners eventually retired. But like, we just don't have anything like this amazing fabric market. So as I was wandering around, I... I was like, I didn't buy anything. I was very proud of myself. Wow. But You're I started to have control. this fantasy. Yes. <laughs> I started to have this fantasy of um, moving to Mexico City and starting, you know, just wandering these fabric stalls and buying things and making, you know, fun little unique designs that I could then sell. Because I, when you go to Mexico City, like everybody's got these little stalls that are open for, I don't know, a couple hours a day and they're selling I mean, there was a guy who was selling liquor and he was half a block away from like a giant liquor store and he, he was somehow making money. So least stalls yeah. can't be that expensive. So I was like, I'm going to start this cool little fashion design thing at, like where I'll only be open a few hours a day and then I'll write the rest of the time and sew the rest of the time. And then I, yeah. So in my mind now, I'm a fashion designer living in Mexico.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that's, and it does sound great. I mean, the idea of, having a place where it is, you know, got enough of a reputation that you can say we're only open for, you know, three hours a day and mm-hmm. people know and come to our fashion, you know, just like that guy's liquor store, because that's yeah. the one to go to. Uh, what a better, healthier life balance, <laughs> you, know, yeah. for that, you know, and then the rest of the time. Yeah. Create. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. yeah that's an excellent. Is- that's an excellent dream.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We just got to get my husband a job where he can work fully remote. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And his, his work is partially remote, right? He was totally remote during the, uh, during the, um, the lockdowns, but is he back on site?
1: Well, he's in, he's in sales. So he, he works full-time out of the office. There's, there's no like central office for his company, Um, but he just has to be on the road and like visiting bike shops and things like that. So. That's that's enough
0: of a a, a bike market in Mexico that he could be going to, you know, I got to go to Puerto Vallarta and I got to go to Veracruz and I'm popping all over the country selling, you know, bike parts. And then you can go, oh, I'll be here making (laughs) these beautiful fashion items. Yeah, that sounds very doable. That's a very doable dream, you know, or it's a retirement dream. Like, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that and maybe that's my Americanness that, you know, my idea of retirement is starting another job. (laughs) but it sounds really cool
1: yeah no it's 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 the new daydream (laughs) there's always a daydream
0: (laughs) well speaking of uh uh, daydream activities uh and and big work projects uh what's coming up for you i i i I got a little teaser about this and got very excited what is this event that's going to be coming up
1: Yeah, so this what I'm the big thing that I'm working on right now is the Author Alchemy Summit, which is going to be in Portland, Oregon in 2024 in February, I think it's the 22nd through 25th of February. Um, And it is an author conference for um, nonfiction fiction traditionally published indie, but really focused on how to connect better with your reader. And so, whether that's through like the sales channels that you're using, you know, or selling at events, whether that's through like the marketing sort of things that you're doing, your newsletter, um, you know, TikTok, things like Patreon, Kickstarter, your craft, like how do you write books that really connect with people and connect with your audience? So, I'm really excited about the speakers that I'm getting to kind of attack all of those different angles. And it's just going to be really smallish, 100 to 150 people. Really highly focused on networking as well as that, you know, kind of educational aspect. Well, so I'm I, super excited.
0: <laughs> I, I got to tell, you, I looked it up and I was like, I need this. Like this looks so cool. And but my my first reaction was February. I missed it, and I was just like, Oh no, yeah. <laughs> this is oh, it's next year. Okay, next year. I have got yep. to get in on this. And even the hotel, even the location is cool. Uh, The location
1: is very fun. It's the Jupiter Hotel, which is um, in kind of Southeast Portland. And I really wanted, if I'm going to be bringing people to Portland, I wanted to give them like the ultimate Portland experience.
0: Yes. It's very (laughs) Portland. It's a cool place.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, I am excited. I saw that the description, and was just like, this is because that is the heart i I have the part that I have struggled with the most, you know, sitting down and writing a book is very hard for most people. <laughs> like, yeah. That's never been a problem for me. I can sit down and write a book. How do I get that book? honed that's been a lifetime of learning you know how do I actually make a product that that uh, you know I can be proud of but then how do I get it into readers hands and Mm -hmm. I have not mastered that by any means so I would love I'm sure I would just come out of that with a ton of ideas so
1: yeah yeah I'm hoping it's just one of those where your brain is bursting and then you've met all these new fun people that are going to be collaborators and friends and all that stuff so yeah um, Yeah.
0: yeah. that sounds excellent so, so register,
1: I don't know when this podcast is coming up, but registration is going to be open in the next couple of weeks. So oh, perfect.
0: Good. Yes. This once, will come out once I get my ducks week, together. <laughs> so, yeah, this, uh, we, we may beat it, but, uh, yeah, if you, if you hear this podcast too soon and, uh, and can't yet register, mark your calendar, because that sounds like a, a really awesome experience. And I hope some folks yeah. come from outside the area too. I hope that it draws yeah. people into Portland because uh, it sounds like a, a really cool event. And so how did you, is this all your brainchild?
1: Uh, It is mine and my husband's brainchild. Um, So I, years ago, I went to a conference called the Smarter Artists Summit in Austin. And I went several years in a row and just loved it. And it was a similar kind of smallish conference, really highly focused on um, kind of the educational side of things, but then networking as well. It's a, that one was a very indie focused conference. Um, But it just was such a breath of fresh air in terms of conferences that i had been to and everything that i've been to since i whenever i go to a conference i'm like oh i mean that was cool but it wasn't quite right. this and so my husband has constantly been like well when are you going to put on your own conference right. it's like the smarter artist summit um and so finally i was like yeah okay i'll do it i'll do it yeah. so
0: i think it sounds good I mean, I, one of the things that intrigues me about it is the focus like i think that there are a lot of these that i've been to where it's you know part inspiration and part uh you know technical craft and part the 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 marketing side and you're going but i i I need all those things where do i go you know and so having it focused uh and you know i i think sounds like you would get people who are then all in the same place uh you know i mean i'm sure you'll get people who are within their kind of journey about learning about marketing are in very different places but Mm -hmm. uh figuring out how to connect with readers if everybody's got that shared focus, I think it sounds like a really wonderful event. So.
1: Yeah. And it'll be a single track of programming. And part of the reason for that was I just want everyone in the same room yep. learning about the same things, having the same conversations. So, you know, you, we're, we're all, cause it's going to be a small group. So it's very, you know, we don't need to be in eight different right. sessions. <laughs>
0: yes, and, and that has, that, that, that that's been my frustration with others i mean it's wonderful when you've got lots of options that's cool that can be a really good thing uh but uh you know that sense of you know we're this this massive group and i can't possibly get to know all these people and you know we're mm-hmm. we're coming at these things from very different places you know I, I know i've had that experience of uh you know sitting down at conferences with folks and going you know the person who isn't even a they want to be a writer and they're saying but i've never written anything yet mm-hmm. you know which no knock like a great you're getting into this and you're coming and wanting to learn about it but you're at a very different place than somebody who's you know sitting on a stack of novels and they're saying how do I get these into readers hands and so I think that having uh people who are you know have have a shared sense of a goal yeah I'm (laughs) I'm excited about that I think that'll work really well yeah awesome um yeah that's I'm I'm in I will see you there Uh, So we do a weekly poll each week and uh, I got to pull up our response to the last one, but it was pretty overwhelming. Um, We had our our last week's poll was actually from the week before from uh, Beth Barani and uh, asked if you had to choose which story universe would you want to live in? And the options were Star Wars, Star Trek, Firefly and Farscape. And where did you fall on that one?
1: Um, I... It was back and forth between Star Trek and Firefly because Star Trek seems like the world that, I mean, it would just be a very nice, comfortable world. <laughs>
0: That's yes.
1: Um, but Firefly, I think would be a, a real fun world.
0: Yeah. I think Firefly would be uh, fun, but uh, I'm not sure I've got it in me. I think it would be dangerous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, I, like to and think I think that, that was... I could be
1: a cool gun-toting like space pirate.
0: Yeah. See, I think I could be like uh, Jean-Luc Picard's brother. In uh, in uh-huh. Star Wars, you know, like or in Star Trek, just you know, got a vineyard, uh, you know, back back home, it's safe. Like I think that yeah, sounds totally. uh, that's <laughs> it would be great, you know. And Star Trek did win overwhelmingly, eighty nine point <laughs> five percent oh my gosh star wars at 10 percent, which kind of surprises me star wars is a universe where literally your planet could be destroyed at any minute
1: i know that that's a real real far down there on the list for me.
0: <laughs> it, was a, it was a big turn off to me i love i mean you know been a star wars nerd since i was very very young love star wars would not want to live there it does not sound pleasant uh but uh, you know I, who knows who's going to rise up and take over the galaxy next uh so yeah that 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 doesn't sound good to me but uh yeah star war uh star trek was the the big winner there um yeah firefly has, is is grim in some ways too and then farscape <laughs> is weird right? farscape yeah. would be fun but weird um so what's the poll question we should ask for this next week
1: so what I was really curious about was um, which fictional food or drink people would most like to have, because I I think it's probably because I read so many like of the Brian uh, Brian Jacques Brian Jakes I'm not sure how you're supposed oh, to pronounce I, I, yeah,
0: I don't know how to pronounce that either yeah but the,
1: the, all the Redwall books growing up where it was just like feasting constantly and so I just I love all these fictional foods so I picked four that I thought were most interesting um, Lembus from the Lord of the Rings. Uh, the Pangalactic Gargle Blaster from Hitchhiker's. I to at the least galaxy. want to try
0: one once. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, it's probably a one. one yeah, one time I think thing.
0: one is all you need.
1: <laughs> um, doozer Sticks from Fraggle Rock. You know, those little, like, I don't know. They always look like they would taste like uh, jicama. They look like jicama, like chopped up jicama, but yeah. I, I'm sure they taste more interesting than that because yeah. they seem to love them. Yeah. Um, and then Klingon Bloodwine from Star Trek.
0: Yes. I that's,
1: that might also be something you only need to taste once.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But that's, th- those are excellent uh, choices. I am really curious to see how much people's knowledge of those universes and love of those universes plays into that, because I would totally, Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster for me, that sounds, you know, but then that that universe is my favorite of those as well. Although- yeah the fraggle rock one is really fun like that takes me back <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. you know, that would be yeah i i had i had not thought of uh, uh doozer sticks in you know what <laughs> it's been a long time since i that's right they had their thing. it's, it's like it was like scooby snacks right this is the thing that yeah. they desperately want to acquire um yeah, yeah.
1: but they looks just like like hickama.
0: yeah so. Like yeah, but which but, isn't
1: really all that interesting.
0: No, it's the the the, <laughs> the least tasty food. Uh it's it's all yeah. about texture. Uh but uh yeah, but maybe maybe well and maybe it is that way and the fraggles are super into texture. yeah, yeah could be. who knows?
1: It, it's got a great fun texture.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um so uh when you're not writing, what's on your to read pile?
1: My to read pile, probably like everyone's, is massive, oh, but yeah. the book that has been second on my well let's say it's been on the top of my to read pile but i keep pulling other things out from underneath it is uh the third in Fondalee's uh greenbone series
0: i have not read that yet gate uh,
1: legacy you haven't read any of them no oh they're no. so good they're so good and she's so- got
0: a is that the newest one or did she's got another book coming out
1: She's got a short story collection coming oh, out. Oh, that's what it is. Yes, with about um, more of the. I think it's Jade Shards. Maybe is the name of the collection. Um, but her books are amazing. The The Greenbone Saga is amazing. Jade City. The. Um, but they're very. She punches you straight in the face <laughs> quite a bit, and so I know i like I'm still recovering from reading book two, mm. and what's every time the, what's I'm the
0: like, premise? What's the world?
1: Oh, so. Um, essentially it's kind of a what would be the analogous era I feel like I'm gonna get this wrong so I'm sorry everyone like maybe 1970s or 60s era technology um, in kind of a feels like Japan but like fantasy secondary fantasy world Um, and the ruling not the ruling class but like the this kind of ruling underclass maybe we'll call it that yeah. is um these clans that acquire power because of the jade that they wear Fonda, if you ever hear this and i'm totally butchering it i'm so sorry
0: <laughs> i i heard a great interview with her on oh, now i'm trying to remember what uh what podcast it was where she she was talking about that choice to use the 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 jade as kind of the the totem and i was like oh that that does sound really cool
1: yeah so it's this really cool like underworld mafia vibe which i love like i was in this, gonna say that's something. right up
0: your alley yeah uh, yeah if you've not read jesse's work like it's it's uh the some of my favorites are the the series that's the now i'm blanking on the that's the noir uh, yeah the Blari saga. Blari, oh my gosh yeah. yeah it's the characters are so great and yeah that that noir vibe in this cool sci-fi setting that's highly, highly recommend to everybody who's listening. Very, very fun. So I can imagine this would be right up your alley.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So anyways, the books are amazing. But the reason that I keep not reading the third one is because I'm just I need to emotionally prepare myself for whatever she's gonna do to me. (laughs) She had, um, I can't remember what it was a fundraiser for. But recently, there's a fundraiser that if you donated one of the prizes you could get was that would Fonda would like write you a personalized letter about apologizing for hurting you for whatever character she killed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, see, this is the kind of thing for your conference. Like these yeah. are the uh, marketing techniques that I need to learn. That's a wonderful idea. <laughs> Sorry I, I broke you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. What? How does Fonda connect with her readers? She kills off everyone you love. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, she she makes you love someone and then kills them. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, I will have to read that. Well, yeah, my, they're so good mine is uh, i have not read yet the sequel to uh, the what was it the city we became uh yeah the city we became the uh, nk jemison has written the sequel, the, sequel the, the world we make of this duology and when i saw it i loved the city we became so much that i you know was i i saw this that she'd written a sequel grabbed it immediately and still haven't read it i'm embarrassed yeah. about that so i'm looking forward to that but like you said the to read pile is is very, very long, but uh, folks who've not read n k Jemison she is brilliant uh and and the quote they've got on the the front of the book is uh from the New York Times, the most celebrated science fiction and fantasy writer of her generation. And I feel like that's almost passive aggressive like t- the the book is what's amazing, not not just that she is celebrated. she's celebrated for a reason. She's incredibly talented. so yes. if uh, folks have not read her work, read n k jemison. she is. Uh, and and I presumed that I, I didn't take offense when I read that quote because I was like, yeah, and she's not my generation. She's you know, I, there's still a shot for me. She's got to be in her 20s, right? She's my age, and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, well, she she, <laughs> she gets that, but deservedly so. She is brilliant, yeah. so
1: yeah, I'm not upset by that.
0: <laughs> yeah, nope, yep. I can accept it. it, 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 it it's it that's fair. Uh, she is rightly uh, celebrated. So, uh, where can folks find you online?
1: Yeah, um, you can find basically everything about me at jessiequack.com, and that's J-E-S-S-I-E-K-W-A-K. And then if you are interested in the Author Alchemy Summit, that's at authoralchemysummit.com. And depending on when you hear this, you may find a launch email list that you can sign up to hear when registration opens, or you might find registration opens. Yeah. depends on how quickly. Yes, I work. but already
0: <laughs> you can find the page. I'll I'll link yes. to that in the uh in the show notes, and you can just see about it and get as excited about it as I am because uh, that's going to be a really cool event. Yeah, uh, and then you're also on Instagram.
1: Yep, Instagram is the social media that I'm the most active on, and I am Quack Jesse there. I post or I lurk on Twitter a bit, but I rarely post. So that's that's Which- where to find all the pictures of my plants.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Looking on Twitter, maybe the safer strategy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what I feel. (laughs) Before we sign off, I should thank some folks. Uh, Thanks to the artist, Max Oakland, who reached out and provided one of his songs for our intro song, I Prefer the Dusk. Let Max know that you like it by following him on Twitter at Max Oakland, with three Ds at the end. And thanks to Halizna CCO for their song, Kids, for the ad break. Uh, if you're in a band and would like your song used on the show, I'd love to highlight a listener's work like Max's song, so email that to me. Uh, thanks, as always, to Doug, the producer, for making the show sound good and taking the blame when it doesn't. Uh, Doug will catch those coughs that you didn't hear. Doug removed those, so thanks to Doug. Uh, and I cannot forget to mention Writers Not Writing is a production of Not A Pie Publishing, so please go to notapipepublishing.com. Check out the amazing books written by writers who didn't procrastinate too much. If you like this show, rate and review it wherever you found it. And please check out Jesse's books about space pirates or creativity and productivity. Check out the Bulari Saga. Highly, highly recommend. Uh, And uh, rate and review those too. Even a, a very short review and just one click on that fifth star makes a huge difference to authors. So if you have three minutes, make somebody's day. I am too old to tell you to smash that like button. I will never say smash. Just gross. Uh, but if you could gently tap on the like button for this show, I would appreciate it. Uh, and so to, sa- to sign off, Jesse and I want you to remember three things this week. Jesse, what's your first bit of advice for everybody?
1: I want people to remember that how you live each day is how you end up living your life. So if you're not happy with the day-to-day, find a way to shift that and daydream yourself into something better
0: excellent uh i would like to remind everybody that in life as in writing it's the spaces between the words that make it all meaningful so don't ignore the spaces and third no matter how much you procrastinate remember we're still proud of you (laughs) my time I made of my